0: Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today, we have an interview with Annabelle Nesbitt. I met Annabelle through my Course in Miracles study group and Got to know her a little bit, and I would like to hear her story. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while or in your recovery, studying the dial and the principles that are there, if that speaks to you, send me an email at info at buddyc.org. I'd like to meet you. And if if it meshes, I would love to hear your story as well. Don't hesitate to contact me. We meet every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. You can get the link. To that by emailing me or better yet join our private facebook group it's by the same name the Dollar our understanding also you can go to buddyc.org for any resources lots of good links good podcasts good meetings all those type things so uh, that's buddyc.org that's about all i have today annabelle thank you for being with us i appreciate it dear
1: Thank you, buddy, for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to it. I've never done a podcast before, so I always love to say yes to a new experience.
0: I hope it goes well for you.
1: So, Annabelle, I know that
0: you're on the Al-Anon side from some of our conversations, but how did you get from where you were to where you are now? I know that's been a big transformation from hearing you tell little parts of your story.
1: Oh yeah, it, it's been an interesting story. I'll try to just give you the shortened version of it. I grew up in a traditional background, raised Catholic, married somebody Catholic, started raising my kids Catholic, and that was my spiritual program at that point. I have six children. That was a, a big part of my journey. Um, I was a teacher after. I I had four kids and then I had twins and after that I developed some health problems I had really bad chronic fatigue and it was during that that was the the challenge that became the blessing because it was that really sent me down the path of I found yoga and then at my yoga class I found somebody that did energy work and then somebody told me about a spiritual book to read and it just and then somebody told me about Course in Miracles and it I started I got trained in transcendental meditation and started exploring lots of different meditation and meditating every day and it that experience with getting sick is really what led me down a different spiritual path and at some point I realized that my religion that I had grown up with no longer fit and I made the decision to completely Leave and walk out of it, which wasn't very popular, if you could imagine, with um, a lot of people. But it just wasn't, you know, true to me. So I felt like I had, I was finding a higher power that was real to me. Once I found the Course of Miracles, and then to that, I love reading spiritual books. Somebody would mention Eckhart Tolle, and I would read that, and Michael Singer, and I would read that, and. I have read a little bit uh, of the Tao. I have Wayne Dyer's book that he wrote. I got that back out to look at that. But I just became very interested in studying different religions. I um, eventually did go to a um, an all faith seminary program with John Mundy and was ordained an interfaith minister. That is a whole other long story. But so I had this really strong spiritual program growing and at the same time i started having all these major challenges with my kids so shortened version i have two kids with pretty serious severe mental illness and we had lots of commitments and forced commitments and suicide attempts and i had a daughter who was living on ran away several times and was living on the streets in california and then my youngest daughter became a heroin addict at 17. So I was just getting slammed with one challenge after another. And I had a spiritual program. And I think what it did was by meditating every day, I was like a really strong 11-step person. I, um, it, it kept me somewhat balanced. It kept me somewhat together to get through all of it. But what I was doing really was I was still trying to manage everything and control everything with the help of my higher power. I hadn't gotten that piece of it, that surrender piece. Yeah, and,
0: um, let me ask you about that because that seems to be the crux for almost anyone I've ever talked to that had a very strong, let's say, Christian belief coming in to recovery. I I always took. When I prayed for something, okay, I always expected the result of that to be me doing the best I can, and God helped me with that little bit I couldn't do myself. I was almost over the fence. He just pushed me just a little.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Totally different
1: than that. God is still helping you with your plan, but but it's your plan, not his. It's just... You figure it out and he'll help you.
0: Yeah. It seems that more of the effort I put out is an effort to get out of the way and allow it to happen than effort to make it happen. If that makes sense. I, I don't know if you've experienced that, but that was part of that shift for me.
1: I think that's where it shifted. I used to put all my effort into making it happen. And then I shifted into stand back and let it happen. Yes. And that's when the magic started happening. And I can remember some moments. I I have a daughter um, who's a Catholic nun, which is really interesting because she decided to become a nun about the time I decided not to be Catholic. So it was an interesting dynamic. And, and we're now we're very close and have a great relationship, but it's been real interesting. But it was one of her first visits home. And I was just like, oh, the other two girls who have all these major problems, like everything's calm now. No, no one's in a crisis. This is going to be the best week ever. She was home for literally an hour. And we get a phone call and there's a police involved incident with her older sister. And I remember coming home after this incident and we're walking in the house And I started swearing at God in front of my daughter, who's a nun. I was like, so mad at God. I was like, really, God? I couldn't have this one week be the way I wanted it to be. I just, I was so into this is going to be my way. And then something kind of magic happened the next morning. The the daughter who was having a challenge took off that night and we had no idea where she was. We, but we get a commitment order, but we have no idea where to find her. And the next morning, I get up and I like, "Where's Jack?" He's he's a teenager at the time, and he never gets up before noon. All of a sudden, the phone rings. And it's Jack. I'm like, "Where are you?" And he's, "I'm downtown." I'm like, "How'd you get there?" He like, took the bus. Okay, he's. Like, I found Laura. So this kid like gets up, gets on a bus, walks exactly to where his sister is, calls me. She ends up and at that moment, I just went, okay, I get it. I'm starting to get it. It's, I, it, I was out of my control completely and it all unfolded without me. And it was like, that's the last time I ever got mad at God for things not going my way. I just really, I've had lots of those opportunities, but that one was like the first one where I really started to see I'm not in charge here. And Fortunately, during a lot of this time, I wasn't in Al yet. So I had a spiritual program, but no Al Anon. And what then when was I this? finally. When was this? What years? Oh, how many years ago?
0: Yeah. This roughly.
1: Um, within the last 10, 15 years, all this has been going on. Yeah. So, so it took me, you know, through all of that. All those commitments and when my daughter first became you know an addict and that's when i first heard about al-anon when she was in recovery and in the we went to one al-anon meeting and we didn't really like it and and our anonymity got broken to one of our kids who was in aa and we just were not impressed and Mm -hmm. let that go and then when i was in florida uh, for the winter That's when I found Al-Anon and I like to say I I went out of curiosity, but I know my higher power pulled me into that, into that meeting. And I found a really good program there and just really started getting into it and going to, I go to three Al-Anon meetings a week still. And that's when I started understanding that I am powerless part and really looking at that. And the example is the last time, two winters ago, my oldest daughter, we had to do the commitment thing again. She was living in an apartment. Her mental illness got really bad, but she wouldn't get help on her own. She didn't lock her apartment. She had homeless people doing meth in her apartment. She was getting evicted from it and she was going to be homeless and we're like, okay, let's try to get another commitment. We had tried the month before, it didn't work. The difference was my approach that I would have taken before would have been, I will do this, I will go down there, I will do anything, I will make this happen, I will. And this time I went in with, I'm gonna try this one more time with the help of God. If it happens, I was surrendered and it and it just unfolded in a, an amazing way. I had come up with the plan for it's tricky because the sheriff won't chase after him. So you have to tell them where she's going to be. So you have to find where she's going to be. So I had come up with this plan and my husband said, no, I don't think that would work. And so instead of arguing, I was just like, okay, whatever you want to do. And then when he's talking to the sheriff, he starts saying my plan and I'm like, okay, we're doing my plan. And then we go do it. My plan was, I told the sheriff, I'm going to be wearing a red coat and I'll be standing outside in this parking lot. And we're going to meet her there. It was minus 20 degrees that day in Iowa and it all worked. It all unfolded. But I was really in, I was not in a place of trying to force it or make it happen. And I think that when I when you're asking about the Dow and this study too, I think that's so much that spirituality to that just allowing.
0: Yes. Moving from having to doing to being, all those little phrases we can use that mean basically say we step out of the way and let it happen. Can we let the mud settle so that the right answer appears by itself? We don't even have to settle the Make the water clear. It becomes clear automatically when we leave it alone. So many good Mm. examples of that. Because you had told me um, that you were getting the the daily emails and you'd mentioned them in the meeting. And I'm like, this resonates with Annabelle. I'd like to hear her story. So I thought it it would work well. Let's talk about Course in Miracles for a minute. And then I want to talk about your meditation practice a little. Now, I met you in a Course in Miracles meeting. I almost stopped going to that meeting. This was maybe a year and a half ago um, because I couldn't get around the verbiage that was being used in Course in Miracles. It wasn't verbiage that really resonated with me. And then I realized it's just another God language or higher power language, whatever, how you want to say it. And I don't have to like it. It means the same thing. So did you have any of, have you dealt with any of those type things? And the idea from your old religion, I had to uh, just stop arguing with people about it and not even more or less really not really have an opinion that I shared at all. Did you go through some of that with yours?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I I think that verbiage, and some of the language in the course, I think that's a common issue. All the pro, pronouns are male, and there's that that turns a lot of people away. And then all the Christian terminology—if if that's not your background—and then there's Christian websites that that say it's like evil because you're because it doesn't agree, line up exactly right. Yeah. Uh, what they were saying. but yeah my
0: fundamental christianity wouldn't have accepted it at all because there's nothing fundamentally christian about of course in miracles but it's just another vantage point of that this world's an illusion and that the the way the course in miracles if i understand correctly of course in miracle states that we're still in heaven that we never left and that we're still with the father, we're still part of the body. And this is just an illusion. This is not real.
1: Absolutely. And I think the course really resonates for me. And I think one of the reasons I keep studying that I'm in that the group that we're in Monday Night with Karen, I also started a group here uh, over 10 years ago. And I think one of the reasons we keep coming together is because it's studying the course is part of it, but part of it is having a like-minded group that you meet with every week. It's To me, it's like a substitute for that church community and sharing ideas together. And the other thing about the course that I think makes it unique to a lot of things is when you do the lessons, it's real hard to change behavior. When say, of our behavior is subconscious programming. And even when you read and understand something intellectually, spiritually, it's hard to change that behavior. But for me, doing those lessons day after day, year after year has helped to actually change my behavior and change the way I see things. I think it's very powerful that way. And I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in the people I've studied with, which is great, really fun when you study with other people and you can see this huge change over the years in, in how people are and how people react to things. And I think that's one of the things that makes the course unique.
0: Yeah. Uh, a couple of really good books that I know of, and I'm sure you've got some as well, that if if you didn't know it, you would not know that they were. Course in Miracles as a foundation. Japowski. Love is Letting Go of Fear. Yes, I
1: have that one.
0: Yes, we went through that in a book study. And then David Hawkins, Letting Go the Pathway to Surrender. That one is incredible as well. And we use that very often as a study book. It's really how to do the first three steps. It's how to let go, the Hawkins book. And you talk a lot about vibrational patterns. And he goes through all of that in the back of his book.
1: That's where I got that. Karen's always quoting me yes. on being yes. the one that's saying about, it's all about losing your vibration. Yes. That's where I got that from David Hawkins. I'm a huge fan. I have all a whole bunch of his books. And that just resonated with me so much. When I read that and realized that like one person raising their vibration can raise the vibration of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. It just, to me, just seemed. Just an amazing thing. Just keep working on yourself and raising your vibration and you're actually contributing.
0: And and when I first heard that, Annabelle, I thought it was kooky. That's not me. Okay. I meditate. That's just not for me. So when I have
1: a line
0: there. Yeah. Yeah. I have a line. Yeah. And when I heard Hawkins talking about vibrational levels and these things, I started looking at what he was talking about. And he's not talking about something wacky. What he's talking about from the way I understand it is that start living selflessly. When we turn our cares and our will over to the care of our higher power, then our residence starts rising. And that's when we start getting free. And the more we're free, the higher our residence
1: I like the way you describe that. That's a great way to describe it. Because sometimes if you say, Oh, you just raise your vibration. Yeah. It's true, people will be like, Oh, that's a little kooky sounding. But yeah. Yeah. you got yeah. a good vibration.
0: I saw a study and I think it was from Deepak Chopra, where they went and meditated in a city and told no one that they were gonna be there. And while they were there meditating the levels of crime actually went down.
1: Absolutely. I've seen that study.
0: Uh, um, the, um,
1: Transcendental meditation people have, which I think Deepak was originally in, in that. They've done that studies like that and other people have as well, where that it that group intention and that group meditating for something in an area can
0: it's very powerful. So tell me how let's move to meditation. How did your meditation practice start and how has it evolved over time? Because it sounds like you started from a place of knowing nothing about meditation, correct? Correct. Like most so of us do.
1: The first time I was I happened to be at in Arizona at a resort, getting a. it was after my t- twins had been born, my first like break away. And they had this intro to meditation thing by their spa. And I went and did it like every day I was there. And then I bought their CD. This was back far enough before you could just download any meditation you wanted online. So I listened to this CD every day for probably a year and just meditated on my own. And then... I was still having health problems, and I live in Des Moines, which isn't that far from Fairfield, where there's a Maharishi Center. Mm -hmm. And I went there really for my health. They had some health programs and heard about transcendental meditation and then ended up getting trained in that. And it's a great technique. You do have to pay for it, but I guess the reason... I, because I paid for it, I was maybe why I was so committed to it too. You're, you're supposed to meditate twice a day for 20 minutes. And even with my busy lifestyle with that many kids, I did that for years. Like I would wait till the older kids came home from school. And then I would say, somebody watch, you know, I'd make sure somebody was watching the little kids and say, I'm going to do my 20 minute meditation. Like, don't interrupt me. <laughs> Unless the house is burning down.
0: (laughs) I'm meditating, don't bother me.
1: I'm meditating. And they knew, like, I had that line. And and it was amazing, like, taking 20 minutes at that time of day, people think that they don't have time, but the level of patience and energy that it gives you to get through the rest of the day, I just saw how invaluable it was in my life and then just became so committed to it where... I can meditate anywhere. It's really funny because I had to do that. I would be like, Oh, I'm at the roller rink 20 minutes early. I'm going to get my meditation in. And I, and I sometimes I would embarrass my children because I would be meditating in weird places, but, but no matter what, I got that in. And then I just started exploring lots of different meditations. And so now I'm not really so much a strict transcendental twice a day person. I I will go to that meditation if I'm having a lot of trouble meditating because it can take me into a place because it's so ingrained. Mm -hmm. But I now have some group meditations I do with people and I go to sound meditations and I like to explore different schools of meditation, Buddhist meditations and Mm -hmm. uh, loving kindness. And so the meditation is. A big part of my journey, but like anything it it grew too it grew into now it's hard to even describe what or how I meditate
0: you meditate um, for longer sitting periods now or is it still about the same
1: it depends like i'll I'll go to a sound meditation on Tuesdays which is forty five minutes or an hour I'll go to some long longer meditations like that also if I have a, a morning where I've got to get somewhere instead of doing a 20 minute meditation, I'll do a five minute meditation. Cause there are now even the studies are saying that you can get, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes. You can get great benefits from a three minute meditation. If, it's, if that's what's stopping people from doing it is time, then do frequent three minute meditation. So yeah. now it just varies depending on my day.
0: You, now transcendental that's using a mantra correct correct is it what kind of mantra do they use A the name of God or do they
1: they give you a mantra and when they train you and gotcha. and there there's several different ones that they use it's similar if you've gone on to Deepak's when he used to do those he used to do a lot of free 21 day meditations with Oprah and they were wonderful I would do those just because they were wonderful gift that he put out and it was similar to that because I think that was maybe the school that he started in was more his style was a lot like transcendental meditation
0: and and what I've learned is that meditation is not an end-all be-all it is the training for the remainder of the day
1: correct so then then we can start
0: sitting wherever we are we can meditatively drive and have our attention on things that are going on and be where be where we're going. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I think it's, I'm glad I had the, started with that discipline to get it strongly embedded. But I'm also glad that I didn't stay in that because that keeps me, that would have kept me out of growth and flow and other opportunities to do it different ways.
0: Isn't it that way with everything, though? We get comfortable and we say, we put the flag down and say, this is it. Don't bother me. I've got the answer. Yep. And when we do that, it actually blocks us from what's coming
1: next. Absolutely. Yeah, that's such a good point. So it's with anything and with spirituality, the same thing if you get stuck with, I know it now. I've got this figured out. If The minute your mind thinks that you're on the wrong track, start over. That's Because you don't know. I I love, somebody said one time, the only thing you have to be willing to do to study a course in miracles is to admit that you don't know anything about anything. Yes. And and I love just admitting that I don't know anything about anything. I don't have a clue. It's fun to explore all of this. And it doesn't matter how many books I've read. It doesn't matter how many years I've meditated. I don't have a clue. You
0: know? Uh A you know, uh, sponsee of mine, uh, Scotty M, uh, he said it's learning to live in the I don't know. I'm like, mm, yeah, like that. That, that's it. That's it. Because I did not want any I don't know when it, before recovery because my job was the opposite. I was supposed to know. So I'd mm. work hard to find out. And then I realized now there's nothing to know. <laughs> Absolutely. There's nothing to know. It's all here, all done. My job is to look for a way to be helpful and whatever I see coming, either step out of the way or step on. And that's really what my job is now.
1: Yeah, I love that comes out in your, I, I really enjoy your daily emails. And there's, that's a common theme of, no matter what, it's just finding a way to be helpful. And like our, course, in Miracles Group, where Karen always starts with that prayer at the beginning, I'm here only to be truly helpful. And, yeah, it, that's where it is.
0: Sometimes we think, when I first started using the word love with all of this, it, it just sounded too out there, unattainable kind of thing. And then I realized it's about compassionate living. It's about learning how to be open to being helpful. It's about being polite when you drive. It's about maybe about leaving a couple of of the better parking spaces for someone else. It could be all kinds of things like that, that we learn to live with an openness and a a compassionate way of life. And when we do that, I, I believe that's the key. Because it's the Dao dating Ching. It's the Dao of virtue. One of the Dao quotes is that the Dao doesn't take sides, but it's always on the side of the one who forgives. Mm. So it's ever expanding, ever growing. We can get in that flow if we will just surrender and stop the fight. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so how has the higher power changed for you? annabelle over over the years because i think you would from just our conversation you i think you would agree with me that before i was given a god to think a god to believe in and i believe these things so therefore i had a relationship with god based on what i was told to do with this it seems like we've got the flip we're not told anything to do in recovery but we're told we have to find a power greater than ourselves. So it's really almost the opposite approach to spirituality.
1: Yeah, it's that's true. It's so true. I, I think like the, the word love is it, it does I think that's really my definition of, of what my higher power is, though. It's the best I can come up with, is just that that pure unconditional love. Uh, I I like the idea of using that as compassion and compassion for others, but also the other thing that really changed, and this is probably from a lot of course study, is I see it as oneness, where I, I don't see it as a, a God up in the sky away from me. I see it as God is within me, God is within all of us. Therefore, we are all, on some level, we are all one, and. And that I think that's for me my primary belief in what a higher power is, just this presence of pure love and compassion. And that would never judge me, that would never, which is so different from what, what we grew up with the judging God. Fear based. Yeah. Fear based. And yeah, just that I just don't have fear of fear of god and i don't know i think they say there's a jesuit quote that says give us a man to the age of seven and we have him for life because it gets so ingrained that you can't think another way so there was probably a good reason why i was always from the time i was a little kid misbehaving in church and school I, <laughs> They never got in they never really bought into it. It just yeah,
0: that oneness has to uh, seep in. I think, um,
1: yeah. But to me, that that just makes sense, and I, I know for some people it makes no sense at all. But
0: well, it's one of those things you eventually know, and mm-hmm. I think it comes in phases and comes. I think it starts in recovery and course in miracles when we're told that when we when we defend where. Inviting attack. Yes. It's the mirror effect. You know, those things. That's like, you know, the hand. um, Let's say the hands were talking to each other one day and they were on the same bike. The right hand said, you wouldn't believe what I did today. I took and all of a sudden I was in front of this plate of food and this fork was in my hand and I was feeding this food into this mouth. And I felt better. Why in the world would I feel better when I did that? And it's that same connectiveness. That sounds so ridiculous, but really not because we do the same thing. If, if we're all one and one one part of this whole body, and even on a Christian level, Paul called us the body of Christ. To an, they had a sense of that too as well. Absolutely. Uh, I think it just has to come in phases. And I don't know why this was one for me. Not that long ago, I just looked at a dog and said, All dogs are just one dog. They're all one dog. <laughs> I don't know why it was important for me to get to there. Of course I know everything. There's just one dog. Yeah. There's no other. And I'm like, oh. And then mine has to come in little waves like that, not to not all all at once of the well, they said the educational variety, I think.
1: Any one thing I was going to say that I really appreciated about what I heard you say in one of our course groups, and I I actually wrote it down on a little piece of paper and look at it every day, was that idea. uh, Thank you for everything. I have no complaints about anything. Yes, can't wait to see the good in this. And um, that gratitude is just so powerful. I marked in this book I do have about um, the Tao. That Wayne Dyer wrote. One of the pages I liked was about gratitude, and I just think it. What it says: practice not doing when action is pure and selfless. Everything settles into its own perfect place. Yes. And the the Tao practice of gratitude is what leads to a centered life. We may replace personal desires with the Tao centered question: How may I serve? And then. I like this reminder, remind yourself daily that there is no way to happiness, rather happiness is the way. You may have a long list of goals you believe will provide you with contentment when they're achieved. Yet if you examine your state of happiness in this moment, you'll notice that the fulfillment of some previous ambitions didn't create an enduring sense of joy. Mm. Stop pushing yourself. Lao Tzu
0: would say, and feel gratitude and awe for what is. Yes, and these are principles. I I think any concept of a loving God or loving higher power, the the Tao principles work just like the AA principles work. Uh, It doesn't conflict with it. It Doesn't conflict with my old religious beliefs either. Not at all. And and by the and my. Tacked with all of that now is everyone is right where they can be. It's not right or wrong. It's just where they are in this moment.
1: Absolutely. And that is so helpful. Then you don't, it keeps you from getting upset with other people, from judging other people for how they're behaving.
0: Taking them personally. It's
1: just exactly where they need to be at this point in time
0: might as well believe that because you can't change it. <laughs> Whatever helps you to accept it so it doesn't upset your apple cart.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I also marked this page. This reminds me so much of the course of the Tao and the course that the verse 7 he entitles this chapter living beyond ego. Yep. But I love I love this part where he says stop the chase, become the witness. Soothe your demanding habits by refusing to continue running after more. By letting go, you let God, and even more significantly, you become more like God and less like ego with its lifetime practice of edging God out. Mm. I thought that was Alan. I'm, so powerful. Yeah. Yes.
0: yes. Mm. That's good what kind of meditation are you practicing now you've moved from or do you just do a variety of things just depending on what's going on exactly yeah okay.
1: I I try I make a commitment to start the day doing something to set my day I think that's really important even if it's short if I have something where I need to go but if I'm gonna go to a on a Tuesday say for example I'm going to a noon sound meditation that's going to be 45 minutes long then I'll just do a really small meditation in the morning and then I'll do that and and then I'll do something later in the day and I try to do something right before I go to sleep too. And then just like on an as need basis. But uh, sometimes I haven't done a long distance flight for a long time. But the last time we were flying to Europe I you, you always get stressed out about I'm not going go to sleep and I'm going to be tired the next day or whatever. So I just decided I'm not going to worry about sleeping. I'm just going to meditate the whole way there. And, and it worked fabulously. I, I dozed off a little bit, but I, I showed up relaxed. So, you know, sometimes like that time I just chose to do like I meditated for hours. But typically it will just be sometime during the day for sure. But I don't have a set a set thing I do anymore.
0: That's good that you're able to be flexible with that. Mm-hmm. And not make a religion out of it, like we were talking about. That's so easy to do with any of these things.
1: Yeah, and sometimes you have to reevaluate things too. You might be doing something and it worked for a while, and then I'll get stuck in it because it worked for a while. But then you, you have to realize is this is this really working? Is this really? You have to like it's that letting go of some things to because if you don't let go of it, then nothing new will come in.
0: That's exactly it. Have you noticed that? With all the, like at first, I read a lot of things and prayed and did this and didn't do much meditation. And as the years go on, I meditate more and do those other things less. I don't know if other people see that too. I was just curious.
1: I think for me, I love to read. So I have an obsession almost with reading. Like I, have, I just got rid of five stacks of books and I still have a closet full of them. At some point, I think really they're all saying the same thing, and you can. Can you? But I, I think I do that because I it's intellectually enjoyable for me to That's, read. Yes, I haven't slowed. I've i slowed down maybe a little bit on that, but right. I, I do still. I just enjoy it. <laughs>
0: yeah, all the books we read say you really don't need to read about this, but it's. A- I
1: know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I still do a Zen study group on Monday nights, and I get my my studying in for it. And then I'll read other things occasionally. I'll get on a tangent, and I'll go read the Gospel of Thomas or some other thing that I find. Yeah, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, though. We have to learn to be flexible and just go with the flow as to what's going on and get out of that idea that we're earning or getting the gold star. Oh, I meditated for 30 minutes. I'm I'm doing well today. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. We're not earning any. I don't think I'm earning anything. I think uh, the more I surrender, the more I can just enjoy.
1: Yeah, it's 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 totally what you're doing for. I'm I'm doing it completely and totally for myself and my experience. and, And sometimes I do include, I blend in prayer with meditation. I love the the Buddhist kindness, loving kindness meditation. And in a meditative state, I think if you send out prayer in that state. So it's not that I'm not ever doing it to send it out. But it's like we said, if I do that for myself with that intention of then I step out into the world, hopefully I'm. I'm going to serve in the world better because I have given myself that time to do that.
0: Yeah. We say this is a selfless program. We say that spirituality is selfless. What happens, we talk about that mirror a little bit. If I'm doing for me, what I see, if I'm living a spiritual way of life, I'm living a life intent on being helpful to others. And in me being helpful to others, I am helped. So from the outside, it may look totally different than what's really going on on the inside.
1: Absolutely. And I think even that requires so much balance, the, the being helpful piece, because especially if you like, I think I had a tendency to be too helpful and to think I needed to help too many other people at the expense of myself. And and I had to learn to that taking care of myself was my top priority, and that then I, I could serve others better when I came from a place of being full than being completely depleted and resentful because I had done too much for too many other people. So that yeah. concept needs balance, too.
0: And the way I know when I'm out of balance with it is when I'm resentful when they didn't behave the way I wanted them to behave. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: As yeah. long as I've got expectations attached to my actions, they're not coming from a place of love.
1: Yes.
0: Good point. Manipulation and control. Good
1: point
0: and, and It's not that we have to be helpful every minute of the day. It's that we have this intention of being available. Mm-hmm. That I am available. That's what uh, Moses said when he went to the burning bush, and uh, God, he said, "Who are you?" He says, "I'm." Tell them I am sent you. And Moses said, "I, I think it was a Hebrew word, Hanini, and it means I am here." I, can, I use that as a mantra if I ever need it in meditation. If I'm being screwy, but it really does. I had a sponsor. He asked me. He said. If I'm helping somebody, I'm just doing it because I want to, I want something from them. I said, I said, you won't do that for long. I said, cause you'll stop if you're not getting what you want out of it. I said, don't worry about doing, doing it out of the wrong motive. Just do it and you'll see what motive you're doing it out of. It's yeah. really about just being available. Uh, Annabelle, it's not about accomplishing or how many people did I help? It. No, none of that. None of that. Just being available, I think, is what, what that that's the attitude of the Tao, that I'm here to add to rather than take away.
1: And you're not trying to force anything or convince anybody or make anything happen. Or, or make or force my help
0: on them or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's an attitude.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's the attitude that I think, you I've seen you write this and I think it's true. That's where happiness comes from. You know, we can try, we can, we're not gonna get it from it's a lot of the things we think we are, but that when you when you really show up that way and I think it's in our human nature, it feels good to to actually connect and help.
0: I think that's why we all have this everyone, I believe it's everyone I've ever met has that need to feel a part of or to to figure out some belief or no belief or whatever the case, but they're seeking for something greater than themselves. Almost everyone, everyone I know in some form, even if they decide there's nothing greater, that takes a lot more faith. (laughs) You know, I don't know, but we all have that.
1: I think so too. I think there's that, that searching for that in everybody. And, I also believe that people at their core are one with God and, and mm-hmm. they're in that place of love and extending love is what people really want to do.
0: Yeah. That that goes back to a Bible verse I was thinking about the kingdom of God's not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit from Romans 14. And I was thinking about that one day, and righteousness, peace, and joy a three-tier waterfall. And when we're filled inside, it overflows as peace in our mind, our will, and our emotions. And then whenever that fills, then we can see it outwardly as joy. Yeah, it's just a a little waterfall. One one fills up. Because I can't see peace. I see joy. And I feel peace. So I think it's the same way that that this love, that whatever we're looking for, which is in the fruit of the spirit, any of those things that are aspects of love that we are striving for, that we think we need, that comes from the fruit of us doing the right things.
1: You're right. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I had some really beautiful encounters through some of these experiences with my kids. Where it's just to be able to ask humbly ask somebody for help that you don't even know that's like in another state. And when I had, call example, when my daughter was out in California homeless, her glasses broken. Call the lady at Lens Crafters. I don't know how I'm going to pay for these glasses, but I really can you please help me? My daughter needs. If you, I just found that when I make these calls and say, "Can you please help me?" People were like, "Of course, yes." If that's what people. That's the, their nature.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When when I'm feeling good, I don't want to go uh, rob a store or something. No, I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. Underneath this, I think is our nature, our our generous love nature's there. It's just covered mm-hmm. by all of our fears that we've let run our life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think people really respond to, "Will you please help?" If you put it that way. I mean, people
0: say people do yeah 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 that's good that's good thank you annabelle anything you want to add or did we get everywhere we wanted to i
1: oh, this was this wonderful. Yeah. i really enjoyed talking to you and it was very and enjoyable wants to know what's going on with
0: you now you're you're still teaching you're are you a, are you, you have a pastor of some kind right now or do you have a group do you where, where are you at with all of that? Well,
1: right now, I'm really just leading a person miracles group. I'm not doing a lot of other teaching, and occasionally I'll get I'll do some things at Unity Church. But I I'm, I have some health issues going on. So I'm slowed down some things, but that's the other thing about all these spiritual tools. It's no matter what shows up in your life, then you can just apply all of this same thinking to whatever the next challenge is.
0: And I have to be careful that I don't equate things going well with God blessing me with Mm. restrict in that. then, when things are bad, I must've done something wrong. I must've sinned in some way just so I could blame myself. Actually one was blaming myself and the other was taking credit. So they were both egos
1: yeah one thing that I started realizing that to any challenge that comes my way, I, I like to look at it and say, okay, there's something I need to learn here. yeah, or there's something I haven't learned yet and it it takes me out of that victim mentality of like, why is this happening to me?
0: you obviously need to learn if you're thinking of it as a bad situation.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, there's something still in it. You've yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank okay. you all so much for joining us today. Look forward to seeing you in A Course in Miracles meeting.
1: Okay, thanks thank so you. much, buddy. Um, Take care.
0: Bye. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email shared google recovery calendars hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week thank you for listening to the dow of our understanding recovery podcast if you enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends in recovery